0: At Guitar by Masters, we understand the importance of correct practice. That's why we use our patented interactive platform, PracticePal, to give you a unique opportunity to improve your guitar playing. Are you starting to learn the guitar, trying to improve your skills or interested in learning new pieces? Guitar by Masters lets you do all that with some of the greatest guitarists, teachers and composers of our time. Access an expanding library of tutorials for different guitar styles and levels which come with interactive scores, detailed views of both hands, tips and comments from teachers available in multiple languages, virtual call and response settings and other useful features to make your practice sessions more efficient and enjoyable. Learning from the masters has never been easier. Start your free trial today at guitarbymasters.com Welcome to Guitar by Masters podcast. I'm your host, Carmen Stindler, and in this podcast, we'll be delving into numerous guitar topics as well as having conversations with world's most renowned classical guitarists. Born in Paris, Judicael Perrois is widely known as an extraordinary classical guitarist and teacher. Not only has he won many prestigious guitar competitions, but his incredible students are currently shaping the world of the classical guitar. Not only winning competitions, but also touring all over the world and recording for renowned labels such as Deutsche Grammophon and Warner Classics. Welcome, Judy Kael, and thank you very much for joining us
1: today. My pleasure, my pleasure.
0: Let's start at the beginning. I read that your father played guitar and kind of inspired you to pick up the instrument when you were seven years old. Was your family always supportive of your musical aspirations? And was there maybe a specific moment in your life when you decided you wanted to become a classical musician?
1: Uh, Yeah, my my family was really supportive and I guess even if it wasn't said uh, wanting me to do that and uh, the the result of this is I di- really decide very, very late. Actually, I really decide to be a classical guitarist when I was nineteen or twenty, so not very late, but kind of late if I compare with a lot of uh, my students at least and friends and other gu- musicians. So I decide very late.
0: Okay, but you already as a you you kind of were a child prodigy playing yes, Vivaldi concertos with yes. orchestra
1: at ten years old. True, or so. true, true, but. Uh, i I wasn't practicing so much, I was practicing a little and I was uh, mainly going in normal school and i i I really totally decide when I was twenty i mean basically i was uh I learned quite fast the guitar, and from seventeen to nineteen I totally stopped playing the guitar it means that during two years i didn't touch the guitar i wasn't depressed or anything like this. It looks like a depression, but it wasn't the case. I was just doing uh university things and uh, i i decided to restart when i was 19 and this is really when the, i decided to become a professional before i wasn't sure i was all the time very i like a lot school i was uh, interested by other topics so yeah i decided late and uh it's not link of about uh, being a child prodigy or not
0: okay but was there a specific uh, maybe person who encouraged you to to
1: Become a musician or you just missed the guitar and you wanted to do more with it? No, actually, uh, I stopped during two years. My my main teacher, Raymond Gracien, it's a French teacher who just retired like last year ago, was my main teacher from 9 to 14. And after that, uh, he moved to another country. And uh, my, my practice of guitar was very linked with our relations. So I kind of decreased my time of practicing and and 15, 16, I was practicing not each day and you know, half an hour, one hour. And uh, after that, when I finished high school, when I was 16, I was supposed to just do guitar. And uh, I didn't do it. I was practicing quite never and I was just having time, a good time with friends. So I decided to restart university. I mean, to start university and I stopped to play. And actually I kind of restart when I was 19 because uh, my teacher came back and I didn't dare uh, telling him that I stopped. So I just relearned some stuff one week <laughs> or two weeks before he arrived in France. I played for him. He didn't realize that I stopped during two years. I really stopped. I mean, I didn't touch the guitar. And after that, uh, I won the uh, competition in France. Maybe one month or two months after, and that's how I restarted. But it wasn't really. Uh, a strong decision, I just restarted like this, I didn't really decide to stop, I just came like this and I didn't really decide to restart, and after that, you know, everything was fine, so that's how I I did that, really, nothing very spectacular. Okay, so basically
0: it was out of res- respect, respect and politeness to the teacher, you didn't want him to feel bad, and then you realized it's yes. actually really great. Yeah, exactly, I mean, that's
1: how, I guess, yep.
0: Okay, okay. Okay, so let's maybe start um talk about teaching. Um, you have, of course, a long and successful career as a teacher. Many of your students, as mentioned, won some of the biggest guitar competitions in the world, namely the GFA. But what I find the most interesting is how you, regardless of the, of the level of the student you're teaching, try to help them find their individual unique expression and their own way. Uh, what do you think are qualities that make a really,
1: really good teacher? Uh, it's it's difficult, but I guess one of the best quality would be uh, to be able to listen. That's the thing. To listen is probably the best quality, and I mean the, the more the older you are, the more risky is it to don't listen, because uh, you know you get used of some stuff. You think you know whatever. So I guess the best quality would be to be able to listen and. Uh, if I want to be more precise, this is why when I start teaching, uh, you know, adults, I mean young professionals, so a long time ago now, 20 years ago, uh, I was all the time trying to avoid uh, pieces that I played myself. I, I was preferring so much more when I start to be a teacher to teach on pieces I don't know. Or I don't play for sure and even better that I don't know. It was much easier. Because when I know the piece, it's more difficult to concentrate on the student because I, you know, if I play the piece, it means that I have thought about the piece and I decide what to do and it's more difficult. And the last five, six, seven years, I'm a little bit more open to teach on pieces that I play myself. But I used to really try to escape the best I can from the piece I play. And it was sometimes difficult because sometimes when you have some young students, they want to play a little bit the same play pieces than you play. And I was all the time trying to refrain them from that uh, because of them, because I think it's not so good for people to imitate others, but also mainly for me because it was difficult for me to teach on pieces that I I know.
0: Yeah, that's totally understandable. And by uh, saying that listening is the most important for the students, do you mean listening to themselves while they play or listening in general to lots of classical music and just getting this aesthetic right?
1: Listening what what they do, Uh, listening what they do, yeah, yeah, the the, the story, it's a little bit, you know, sometimes um, you have a friend who has some problem, he wants to talk to you about his problem and sometimes You know, if you have that situation, you know that there's some very good friends, you can't really talk to them because if you say something, they will say, oh, but me, blah, 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 I would do that, I would do that. And sometimes you just want to be listened, you know. And uh, uh, it's a little bit the same thing. Uh, I try to really listen uh, what they do, what they want. And after that, I try to do my best to help. So this is both things, to listen. To really listen, and to don't impose my idea. Oh, you do that, but you should do this or whatever, and try to help. So it would be those two things. Much more than, the, uh, for example, I have my own vision about uh, pieces and I want to share it. This is why. Uh, for me it was new to do something on Guitar Masters because this is a little bit uh, uh, what I do on the video and it's it's not the most natural things to, to do for me. I'm more into trying to listen what people want to do and to help them to accomplish what they w- really want to do.
0: Of course, because you don't know in Guitar By Masters who the audience is. But I think it's, a, it's a, also a really great challenge to think about what you want to tell or what you find most important about different pieces, you know? Yeah. So it has, I feel, advantages and disadvantages. There's yeah, no concrete a, student in front of you, but you yeah. have to be very sure of what you're saying and yeah. what your approach is. Yeah, yeah, it's, a, yeah it's, that's a, totally true. it's a
1: very it's a ve- very different approach. And of course, uh, uh, both are very interesting, but let's say that naturally for me, the, the, the natural way for me uh, would be... Uh, uh, for sure to, to try to really understand what the student wants to do and try to help. Uh, I know I have a, I, I'm teaching in Lille also, in Geneva and in Lille, and in Lille I share with Carlo Marchion, and Carlo Marchion is a great teacher and he can really develop how is a piece and, and how he came, he dive inside the piece, and for him it's a, a, a very natural process. And for me it's a little bit different, and uh, yes, so I, I guess for me, the best quality as a teacher would be to be able to, yeah, definitely to listen and to try to help.
0: Mm, so basically listening, reacting and acknowledging what every individual needs at that time. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Okay. And maybe also just a little sub question um, about the role of competitions nowadays a uh, lots of your students do competitions. Do you think that, that competitions nowadays still can kind of make a career or are they still like a necessary thing to do for young
1: musicians? I mean, yes and no. Uh, to be honest, a lot of uh, my students didn't do so many competitions, if I compare with other, I mean, if you talk about uh, Thibaut Garcia, Rafael Fayad, Bianco, I mean, all those guys didn't do so many competitions and they stopped all of them kind of early. I mean, I think Gabriel stopped when, uh, Bianco stopped when he was 22, 23. Uh, Same for most of them. They stopped very kind of young, most of them, not all of them. Mm -hmm. So they didn't do so many, but it was very helpful for them. Mm -hmm. I don't know. You know, let's say that there's no competition on the guitar world where uh, you have a career for sure. Like uh, if you have a first prize, second prize, third prize in Tchaikovsky, you have a career for sure. Except if you totally are crazy or whatever, but for sure you will have a career in some major comp- competition. You know, I was, uh, I'm living now, and I'm not living. I'm teaching in Geneva. There is Geneva competition, and if you have a first prize in piano, violin, whatever, you will have a career for sure. Maybe amazing, maybe not so amazing, but you will have a career. And we don't have really this in guitar because the biggest competition is GFA, but. It doesn't guarantee you that you will play forever in concert. So it's uh, very different. So it's a very good way. Uh, I mean, the other way is uh, now is uh, through the internet. I mean, now there is the two way, like say, Let's say, uh, I mean, competition are much less unfair. They can be very unfair. I can sometimes deeply disagree about the result. I can be you know it's not, of course the best way would be somebody is giving small concerts and is really amazing so his career is grow up and it becomes you know it would be the most the best way but it kind of doesn't happen since the 50s since the competition appears i mean the big competition uh, there is this uh, this piano player alfred brendel uh very famous and uh his career starts in uh, in the 50s and basically it's because he was based in Vienna and uh because of his concert his fame grew step by step. Uh yeah. and of course this is the the most the best way I would think. But uh now it's very different and the competition are very important since the 60s and now you have to add the the internet things. Um to be honest, regarding my own personal activity on the internet, I prefer the competition than the internet activities because I think it's a little bit uh, less fair. And uh, even if I can disagree deeply about competition, uh, I think it's much better uh, than the, this uh, internet things.
0: So yeah, I can I can yeah. imagine.
1: So I mean, the, the, for example, you talk about uh, 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 Thiago César who signed for Warner and and Raphael, who signed for Dutch it's not, It's not 100% directly linked with their competition career, but it is. Uh, in the case of Raphael, I think the woman uh, who hired him in Dutch Grammar Fund saw his final in GFA, and by chance like this, so it really helped. And with Thibault, it was a little bit also the same thing. It was also linked because he had some success in some competitions. So even if they were somehow very lucky, uh, it was still linked with the, this competition. So it's I can say it still helped. Uh, T- T- Thomas Villotto is teaching now in Baltimore. Is making his career mainly in U.S. also because his this competition. Uh, me too. I mean, so it's still available, but it's not automatic.
0: Yeah, I also feel that it's, I mean, it, it can be a very important thing, but the ultimate most important thing is that you are really a remarkable musician and that mm. the right people are convinced of your qualities and trust you with mm. either signing for a label or, or sure. getting you a teaching position or offering you something. So, But of course everything is kind of intertwined. Mm. It does not hurt, yeah. <laughs> let's say, <laughs> to do competitions. Okay, um, But do you maybe also when you work with students concretely who, who prepare for competitions, uh, do you, does that affect the repertory choices a lot or not that much, mm. what would you say?
1: Not, I would say, very close from no nothing in terms of how how they are affected. They are affected by the set pieces and uh, by a, a, a balance of the repertory. I mean, even if somebody wants to spend like one year to just do baroque music, it would be very, it would be, it won't fit with competition, let's say. But except that, I mean, there's no rules. I must say, you know, the only thing I would say. About competition so when we talk about competition and repertory would be the size of the pieces if they have like a just long pieces I would say oh you should play a, you should learn a shorter piece. but but usually it doesn't go more deep than that usually what works the best is to play uh, the pieces you play the best that's the thing so the pieces you play the best are the pieces you like the most most of the time or you have more competence so it doesn't really affect uh no, I must say. Also, because in all the guitar competition, the program are very short. If you think it will be, you know, maximum one hour, forty forty five minutes of free pieces, and maybe you will have ten minutes of imposed pieces. So you don't have to do specific preparation. Uh, I was in uh, in Geneva during the f- the final of Geneva Piano Competition, and we saw that with most of my class because it's at the conservatory, and they had to learn in total. 2 hours and a half of music. So you can't decide like 2 months before to do it because it's just impossible. Of course, on the guitar it's much less the program is much less big. So um they I mean I I say to my student you can do competition when you are ready and if it doesn't affect too much uh, the work we do together because if it happens it's not really interesting for me. I always think a little bit about me by on my own pleasure. And uh, so, uh, if I don't find any happiness, because I do just things that I really don't want to do, I I, I try to avoid, you know.
0: Yeah, that's totally understandable. Yeah. You've traveled all over the world giving concerts and classes, but it seems like you gravitate towards home, towards Paris, France. Uh, how different is the classical guitar scene, for example, in the US compared to Europe? What are maybe some main takeaways you find interesting, having lived in both continents?
1: It's uh, it's very different because uh, first, uh, US is much much bigger than uh, Europe, so uh, it it creates a. A huge distance I mean you know I go to Switzerland they go to Germany I mean the country are very small and very easy to travel in US you have long distance and you're still in the same country so you have this it's somehow a little bit less uh, international I would say uh, also there are there are less guitarist if I if I compare you know 400 50 million of american i'm not sure about the number and less european i don't remember how, ma- how much just much much more uh guitarist in europe than in us if you compare size by size the population so it's it's very different i mean in us you have some spot in new york in san francisco in uh, austin in milwaukee i mean you have different spots maybe i don't know i say a number maybe 10 12 where you have los angeles also uh yeah you have maybe let's say 12 spot uh with a lot of guitarists and of course in europe you have much more if you compare with the same size of population so because of that and because the tradition of classical guitarists is is older in europe than in us um i would say that uh uh you have a a bigger general view of uh, of the guitarist uh, basically there are a lot of guitarists very known in Europe that nobody that don't play in US and uh, you have also few American for example Jason view is playing is one of the main guitarists in US and in Europe he's totally unknown and doesn't play I guess so you don't have exactly strictly the same artist Um uh, and in terms of repertory, also because this all those diverse country, you have a bigger range of repertory because each country in Europe will bring his own touch, and uh, <coughs> in US it will be more individual. So of course you have you have a lot of guys and girls with a lot of knowledge. You know, I was in San Francisco and Tannenbaum, David Tannenbaum, he knows you know everything about guitar. Same thing with my other colleague Mark Tischels, and you have other people like this, but. Uh, Still, there are much less people, so the quantity is much smaller on the guitar, not on classical music. I mean, on classical music, it's a little bit different. You have in in US, you have a lot of amazing orchestra, but same thing. If you compare with one European country, it would be probably more in US. But if you compare with all the European country, which what we should do because in terms of population, it's it's more similar. You have less. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay.
0: Are you planning on going to the US soon?
1: Or uh, actually, actually no, actually I'm going in US uh, for this GFA in uh, New York. So in June I will go, not a very long time, one week. Yeah. Ah okay. Yeah. Sorry. But I kept a lot of a lot of contact in uh, in US during those th- 3 years. So it was a very good experience also.
0: Great. Great. Okay, so now let's move a bit more to the south, concretely to Argentina. Libertango is one of Astor Piazzolla's most iconic compositions, with a title that implies liberation from classical tango and the dawn of tango nuevo. What you are about to hear is an arrangement for solo guitar by Sergio Assad and Byron Fogo. It is of course played by our guest today, Judicael Perua. note for our listeners, if you are interested in learning this piece, it is available on Guitar by Masters with Judy Kael's tips on making it sound great. Let's continue with uh, talking about inspiration and lifelong learning. Are you still listening to piano music a lot? I think the pianists you mentioned as your favorite were Richter, Polini and Brindel. Mm-hmm. But w- why piano music in... in- <coughs> I mean, I, I personally love piano music as well, but why do you think it's maybe especially important for guitarists or it's just your personal preference?
1: It's just totally personal. It's not linked with any kind of uh, something that could be useful with my own activity. I start just because I had some, you know, some recording in my house uh, when I was a kid. I didn't decide. It just came like this. It's just a taste. It's not... Uh, is that because this is useful or because the main composer is the, you know, you have the main composer who composed for this instrument. It's nothing like this. It could have been another yep. instrument, I guess. But yeah.
0: Okay, yeah, but it's also not the point of, of music to be super useful. Yeah, Anyways. it's not. <laughs> um, by the way, do you like Christian Zimmermann?
1: Oh, yes, of course. I, I, I've seen him just two times in concert. He doesn't play so much in concert, as you know. Uh, he's, he's doing I mm. think 30, 40 concerts a year and I didn't see him for many, 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 many years I, I just remember I had a strange uh, not a strange story but I've seen him in concert sometimes uh, one one time two time in a row in the same program and uh, I remember he played uh, Chopin funebre Sonata you know the very famous one and uh, it was in Paris and it was just totally amazing and more than perfect I would say and uh, I was very disturbed because I saw him playing uh, one week after the same program and uh, the Sadata by uh, Chopin was also amazing but I never see somebody being so similar in the way he played the pieces I mean, it was one week of space, so of course it's the same kind of interpretation, but I had the feeling that it was exactly the same. And I was a little bit disturbed by this. I was disturbed because I was totally amazed the first time he played and also the second time. But it was so similar that it was kind of strange.
0: Okay, so you feel music has to be more alive and more adaptable to the... no.
1: I don't think that if I, if I thought that I would say, Oh, I was disappointed. I was just surprised. I didn't know what to think. I, and I still don't know because it, it would be odd. Uh, it has to be different each time. If it was boring the second time or the first time. And it was exactly the opposite. Mm. It was just equally amazing, but in the same way. So it, it's very strange. Yeah, mm. I, 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 I've seen a lot of piano player playing, you know, the same guys playing different time and sometimes some pieces in common, and I never, I have never seen even for the one who are very who are not up and down, I never seen this kind of stuff without being boring or not fresh or whatever. Just, you know, he's touring with his piano, he's doing so. I don't know. It was just. So strange.
0: Of course, peculiar. But that's really interesting also that you like to go to the same concerts and see how...
1: It just happened like this. Not many people do that. It just happened like this. And I I really, I I swear, I didn't know what to think. I was like, wow, how it's possible. It was so... Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I remember very well the dynamic, the gradation of the dynamic, the way the gesture was... I had the feeling... From what I can say, you know, I didn't remember that it was exactly the same.
0: And how was it for you when you did, for example, the GFA tour? It's around sixty concerts, I mm. think, and more or less you played the same repertory in the concerts. Yeah. Was it very different every concert? How did you feel about no, that?
1: No, actually, when I did GFA, I probably survived because I didn't practice one minute outside the concert. Really, <laughs> nothing. Tough schedule, or no? Because I was thinking it was my only way to. To be a little bit fresh. Usually I try to do, practice the day of the concert and I had concert most of the days so I wasn't practicing and it was the way that it wasn't boring in terms of repertory. That's also yeah. an
0: interesting approach for sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so um, about listening to, to classical, not not of course just the guitar but the classical music in general, um, why do you think that listening to a lot of good music is a lot of times more important than practicing itself?
1: I don't know. I, I guess the, the way, this is something I noticed from my students and from studying myself, is the way we, we build uh, music can be very different from one person to another person. Uh, in my case, I did, uh, I did kind of no academic studies, which means that because I finished the conservatory very young, I did very little uh, solfège and I didn't do analyse and I did quite nothing you know and after that when I've been in uh, in university in Paris Conservatory I did just 2 years I dismissed after 2 years and I didn't do any ac- academic when I was in Paris Conservatory so my academic is very limited my knowledge is also very limited and I guess when I start to listen a lot of music when I was 11 12 uh, to until now that I'm reaching 50 I build my own uh, self-conscious of doing music just listening a lot of music, first from uh, eleven to fourteen, just guitar, and after that piano, and after that piano and orchestra. So and after that chamber music. So that's how uh, how I build my own knowledge, but some other people uh, will build mostly their uh, their way of playing because they study uh, it really depends for me. It was, I would say 90% from what I heard. So usually when I uh, when I play a piece, when I learn a piece, I connect more or less consciously to some other stuff that I learned. It's like I have a, a personal library and and if I don't find any kind of connection, it's very the piece becomes very, very difficult and very abstract. Uh, most of the pieces have connection with the history of the music. That's how they arrive. But uh, if, uh, uh, for example, probably the most difficult repertory for me to play uh, would be some, um, you know, for example, uh, Leo Bauer music is connected to some other Leo Bauer music. And sometimes I have problem to find my, my spot in this circle. Uh, sometimes early music is a little bit difficult for me because, because I have listened a very limited number of early music pieces. When I talk early, I talk, you know, like Narvaez, Milan, those composers. Um, but yeah, so that's how I build my own, own knowledge is listening a lot of music and I can connect this music that I know consciously or unconsciously to my own practicing. But for other people, it can be totally something else.
0: So would you say that even now your approach to music is still more intuitive than anything else? Yeah,
1: totally. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, totally. I see. Yes, I mean, uh, there are a lot of people like, like me, they, which have the, the, this own uh, intuitive vision. The, for me, I, you know, it's all the time difficult to say how intuitive it is. It's a little bit like a, if you do improvisation. This is improvisation but this is not improvisation because you can recognize the person who improvises. So if it were real improvisation you would recognize nobody and you recognize all the time who is doing the improvisation in jazz music. So it means that it's not totally improvisation. And I would say about this intuitive stuff it's never totally intuitive. I mean in my case because uh, first I am 49 years old then and, and I have I gave a lot of lessons and a lot of music and and talked a lot about Playing music and blah blah so it can't be totally intuitive. But uh, uh, I try to be. Uh, I, I have just a, a, an example of something. Uh, I record a CD about uh, Manuel Ponce, and uh, somebody gave me Angelo Girardino gave me one movement of Sonata Number no. Two that was lost by us, by Ponce or Segovia or whatever. And he gave me this score. It's like two pages of a slow movement that that is not played because uh, all the rest of the sonata is missing. And he told me, "Okay, you you could do that on the on the recording." And I say to the, the Naxos company uh, that I will record that. And after that, I kind of forgot. I I looked the score and and I had to do a lot of uh, arrangement because it was too difficult. The bars were too heavy, so I, I kind of forgot it. And. Uh, one week before the recording, uh the, the, the producer asked me, so oh, I'm very impatient to hear this piece, and I didn't know the piece. So I say, Oh, but this piece is not that great, which wasn't really true. I just didn't really saw it, it was not playable, whatever. But anyway, I say, Oh, but it's on the contract, you have to play it. So uh so I I kind of learned the piece, but I was I didn't have time to do the, the arrangement, so I played some stuff that were way too difficult to play in concert. And I wasn't able to play the piece from the beginning to the end. I was just playing some little pieces and uh, couldn't understand what I, what I was going to do because I had to learn all the rest of the CD to practice and learn this piece and take my play. So basically, I didn't really learn the piece. I didn't understand anything that was happening on the piece. And I was playing part by part, you know. And finally, so I did the recording, and on the on the CD recording, I had my metronome to be sure about the the the, the pulse. I was playing part by part because it was just I didn't know the piece, blah blah. blah. And at the end, it turns that it's really what I prefer from the CD. I mean, all the other pieces, I really know them very well, very well. I mean, many years after, I can play again those pieces i would be able to relearn all of them in less than one week and this piece i listened this piece like one week ago and i didn't remember even the the, the music of this piece and i really like the way i played it i mean i really like it much more than anything else on this cd and i think it's really good and i asked my friend and my friend they know me enough to tell me that oh you know you dream it's really bad or whatever and they really like it speci- specifically this and when I, learned, when I played, I didn't understand anything I was doing. I didn't even have the full vision of the piece because I was just trying to put the fingers and everything. And uh, so I start to thought uh, from that, that uh, yeah, there is a, it depends on the people. Some people will be very intuitive. Some other won't be. I can all the time explain what I do. Uh, but all the time, the first... The the first uh, the, the way I arrive to the pieces I just play it and at some point I fix some stuff and after that I try to understand what I did but after I ne- I try to don't understand anything when I learn the piece basically and the older you get the more difficult is it because the more information you you have collect in teaching in learning pieces but I try to don't use too much those information.
0: Mm-hmm, I see. Okay. Yeah. That's interesting. Uh, but wouldn't you maybe say that if you <clears throat> learn a piece with the guitar that in a way you're a bit limited with the rules of the technical rules, let's say of the instrument when you when you learn a piece this way and don't approach it from a musical standpoint, but more from a guitar standpoint?
1: I don't know, because when I when I learn the piece, uh, I try to. I use the guitar, but I, you know, it looks maybe stupid but uh, I you know if you don't know how very well how to make pictures if you do 1000 picture of whatever there will be one that would be good just luck you know if you just do whatever and this is what people do you know now with those camera and they, they're still doing some sometimes uh, good pictures because they are lucky and uh And when I learn the piece, I do a little bit like this. I just do whatever that comes. I try to don't have any taboo, I just try to do whatever. And I am very careful about what I'm doing. And when something turns that it's nice, that it's not necessarily what I would expect, I try to work on it from this idea. But uh, I am all the time afraid that if I decide intellectually, I would... uh, close a lot of possibilities because I would think, oh, that's not possible. It won't work. So I will not try. So I try anything and uh, tempo, dynamic, whatever. And sometimes it turns that it's good. Uh, So I try to be very, to at the same time not be very careful because if I'm careful, I I won't do some stuff. But at the same time, I try to be careful about what is the the result, uh, just to know if I can use something. You know, it's a little bit, uh, yeah. What I say about the photo, whatever. You know, some people when they are cooking, I don't cook at all. But when they are cooking, they just do a mistake, and finally the mistake turns it's good. You know, um, this kind of thing. So I, I I try to do as much as I can like this on my own process, but of course on my teaching, it's a little bit different, but not totally different. Most of the time, I would say 95% of the time, uh, when the student learn the piece, I push them to do a lot of things. And after that, they just cut the things that don't work, or the, the thing they don't want to do. To just avoid, to decide that this will not work, so I even don't try.
0: Mm, I see, okay. And maybe how has your relationship to music changed at different times of your life? Have you noticed that? That it has or not really? Not really. Okay.
1: Not really.
0: Okay. So next really big topic, future of classical guitar and music in general. What do you think is the future of classical guitar or classical music in general in the, you know, world that is rapidly
1: changing? Uh... There's one thing, uh, I, I, I bought a nice book in, uh, in, uh, in France, uh, which are the very nice posters for the concept at the beginning of the 20th century in Théâtre des Champs-Élysées, that was the main, uh, like an NGO, you know, beginning of the century. And so the posters, they used to be very nice and some drawing and these kind of things. And time to time I show that to my students and I ask them, what is the difference with now? And they would say that it's nicer or whatever. And uh, actually the main difference is uh, the composer. A lot of the composer who are played by those very famous artists are alive. So when you see a program of the, you know, of the 20, you will have some, a lot of alive composer of the 30, of the 40. Okay, the thirty you will have uh, you will have some if you will have some right wine enough and they are mainstream composer I would say yet, and they are live so basically this is contemporary music and so they have much more contemporary music than now uh, it's one very big difference and I don't think that uh, I think this it it just showed that. Uh, uh Classical music is less alive. I mean, I don't talk about the guitar because the guitar has a very different spot because we have less history, but we have a lot of new things in comparison of the full repertoire of the guitar. It grows a lot, and it's much less for piano, violin because they have something much bigger before. But so, like this, there is this part. Uh, Contemporary music is now more or less separate than the mainstream repertoire in comparison of the beginning of the 20th century. First thing. Second thing, you have a lot of new countries that were not part of this. China is the major one, and since the eighties, but since the fifties is Japan, since the seventies is Korea, and you have much more country a part of the classical music culture and big country with a lot of uh, people. I mean, China. Uh, So, and if you see the competition, piano competition, violin competition, less comp- guitar competition, you have a lot of people from China and Korea, but China a lot and Korea also. So I, I guess probably a part of the future kind of logically would be very linked with those countries, for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, uh, and I would say it's also linked with the population. The population decrease a little bit in Europe. And the classical music becomes more part of the history than something alive because we don't do any more contemporary music. I mean, we do as guitarists, but if we escape from the guitar, there are much less. I mean, when you go to the Paris Philharmonie, you will have in the best case, one new piece of 10 minutes at the beginning of the program, but nothing more. If you want to listen contemporary music, you need to go to another place where you will have contemporary music and you will not have any Beethoven or whatever. Uh, in us it's a little bit less divide but it's a little bit the same thing and at the beginning of the century when the or mid-century when the were stravinsky Pokofia, shostakovich later whatever they were a part of the repertory even if it was scandal mm-hmm. or whatever so the future i think is uh, a bit linked with uh, asia for sure and for guitar it's a little bit different because at the same time, the guitar has its own history and is part of the history of classical music. So in terms of classical music, in general, it would be more like this. But for the guitar, for his own history of guitar, uh, it's a little bit different because it looks like there are a little bit more guitarists involved with in the mainstream thing. I mean, this is what I see around myself. And the explanation is, uh, I mean, the, 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 the prime of the guitar, uh, that caused that the guitar was a little bit in the margin, which means that it's not very loud and the repertoire is not so big, could be a way to now have less problem because it's easy to carry. It's You have less people who goes to concerts, so you have sh- sh- smaller room. I mean, the quality that caused some, tro- co- some trouble to the guitar could be the quality that might help a little bit now. Mm-hmm. So
0: basically the future of classical guitar is wonderful.
1: Yeah, I think uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what would be our future in general, so I can't of say that.
0: <laughs> but yeah, okay, that's good. That's that's great news. It's I think lots of people are very pessimistic about it, just because of you know audiences having much shorter attention spans, just because of internet and all this. Yeah, you know, worlds. But
1: we have we have shorter pieces on the guitar. Also. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, I in mean, general, it, we
0: have short pieces.
1: Yeah, I mean, maybe uh, it won't be possible to do any Mahler symphony because people have a, <laughs> don't have any any more concentration. But we will still be able to play some various pieces or yeah. El, El colibri. <laughs>
0: For example. But you know what? I listened to Mahler 5th last week here in Weimar and it was wonderful. The hall was full. People were ecstatic. Mm-hmm. It's such, I mean, it's a 70 minute symphony. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's a huge piece of work, mm-hmm. but it, it still works. And I was yeah, very, yeah, very yeah, happy. Sure. And it wasn't just old people in the audience. It was really people of all ages. Yeah. And it was wonderful. I thought, oh, you know, it's, it's all right. Classical music, <laughs>
1: it will, it will survive the I mean, test of time. To, to 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 be honest, it's just uh it would be it is yet different it is yet different because it's it's much more international I mean if you think at the beginning of the century it was just in before the the, the, the at the beginning of the century literally it was just in Europe and a bit in u s but everything coming from Europe it wasn't in Japan at this time it wasn't in Asia at all uh mm. and it wasn't in Africa and it was kind of nothing in South of America. Uh, all the South American, they were in Europe, so you know. So it's much bigger now. The, the, the people touched by this, but at the same time, there's not so famous composer that everybody will agree to know. Everybody will agree to play. I mean, each country has his main guy or girl, guy most of the time, and uh, it's very different. You know, but I think I don't know anything about painting. I mean, I don't know a lot, but it's pretty much the same thing for painters. Mm. There's, I mean, there's nobody famous like where the most famous painter who died in the 70s or 80s in, ca- in case of Dali. I mean, there's nobody so important. That's, you know, that's the rule of uh, globalization. So yeah, you have both sides.
0: Yeah, so globalization is helping, helping everything, yeah. actually, in many, in many ways. That's really good. Cool. Okay, I also wanted to ask, what is your experience with online teaching? And what are some advantages that a platform like Guitar by Masters can offer, in your opinion?
1: Okay, so my my experience as online teaching is basically Guitar by Masters. Because oh. I, I no I I did a little bit during the COVID time the year I, I was I was in Europe and I was still having some students from San Francisco, so I did some teaching online, um, but except this, uh, teaching online thing that was forced to me the, the only things I did voluntary, without being forced was linked with guitar by master so you my relation of. Online online things is just guitar by master. You have my full relation with that. <laughs> I did I did one time another video, but that's all. Uh, to be honest, as I told you, for me it's uh, one of my main attachment with the teaching is to listen, and to listen uh, it's much more difficult for me for my way of thinking with online teaching. But I must say that now I'm living in Paris, uh, so it's kind of not too difficult for many Europeans to reach me, if they want to see me in person. But uh, there are a lot of people who have uh, learned so much uh, because of the online possibility. This is why also there's much more country which with good musicians. Uh, a lot of them learned because they were able to make connections because they see a video on YouTube or whatever. So the online teaching has also this kind of spot. I talk with a lot of students. I have one wonderful student from Iran uh, who is now living in France. is going to be French very, very soon. He's still very young. He's twenty-three, and he learned a lot of things through internet. Uh, I teach also a, a Russian guy, uh, very good uh, Igor Klokov, and uh, and same thing. He told me that before he left uh, Russia, uh, he, he learned a lot of things also like this. So. Yes, that's that's how it works. After that, I think each person has to find his own uh, way to deal with that. It will be very different from one person to another. For example, Carlo Marchion is uh, a little bit older than me. He's very comfortable with this online. He's very efficient. He's very he's very comfortable. For me, it's much more difficult. Uh, and I, I can, you know, play a piece and explain about the piece, blah, blah, blah. But in terms of teaching on a regular basis, this not, this is not my my thing to teach directly. I can show what I do. I can maybe explain, but I, I teaching, it's not really my thing.
0: Yeah, I mean, it doesn't have to be. But yeah, yeah. Carlo, actually, he's doing that a lot. Yeah. Also, he has a really young wife who's super technically internet savvy yeah. and you know, knows how to do all of these things. So I think that also yeah. helps a lot. But yeah, they're doing great things with their online teaching studios. That's int- really interesting. Okay, so let's continue with some music, namely the Prelude 998 by Johann Sebastian Bach. Comprised of Prelude, Fugue, and Allegro, this is a very elegant piece, originally written for Lute Harpsichord, or Lautenwerk in German. On Guitar by Masters, Judicael provides valuable insights on the most important technical and musical aspects of each movement. So our next big topic is all about being a musician, and my question is: Are there certain aspects of being a musician that you enjoy more than others, or maybe even find more valuable than others?
1: Uh, if I if I mix being a musician and being a a, a teacher, uh, what I like. Uh, what I like the most—I mean, to be honest—at the beginning, at the very beginning, when I started to give concerts, it was a traveling basically, and uh, but very quickly this changed because uh, I I realized that I don't have time to do anything when I'm traveling this kind of uh, with concerts, so it's not really traveling, and uh, would be uh, as a teacher the contact I can have with uh, people, that would be the the, the main thing. And uh, if I think about uh, the doing concert, um, I don't know. let's say that in the best case, is that all the time the case? It's a little bit like uh, when you have something you like, so let's say the music I play, you want to share to the people you like. But yeah. You want to share. I won't say to the people I like because I don't like necessarily the people who are in the audience. I don't don't know them, so it's not really important. But you want to share what you think is nice. So it will be it will be this uh, the, the 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 contact. But of course you you have also co- you have also closer contact when you teach to students. So in this case, let's say that most of the time uh, you have a good influence. A positive influence, not good influence. Uh, A positive influence on on them. Um, Yeah.
0: Okay, that's really interesting. I've also been thinking about this a lot, how teaching is kind of having a really big impact on on people's lives, a very Mm -hmm. permanent and and huge impact on people's lives. And playing concerts is also nice. The audience likes it. Of course, they might get inspired to listen to more music. They have a really nice evening, you know. Mm -hmm. But in a way... Um, it's a bit more self-centered. I feel. I think we enjoy yes. concerts, uh, more and more permanently than than the audience yeah. does in the in the long run. But teaching is is of course in, impacting someone for their whole lives. Even even children, not only yes. students. Of course, obviously, students. They they do careers, but even children. Mm. As every child remembers their. Their music teacher, you know yeah, who sure. the who their guitar teacher was yeah, when they yeah. were seven years old. Like no one forgets that because of the individual lessons and just the whole connection. I think that's a very meaningful thing. Yeah, so, and yeah.
1: and t- teach, teaching music uh, when it doesn't turn as a disaster, which is the case most of the time. Most of the time, it it works quite fine. Uh, it's uh, it's most of the time playing. Sometimes you play a very little role in the in life of the of the kid or whatever. but uh, let's say that most of the time, if you are a decent teacher, it's a positive role. So sometimes it's very positive, sometimes it's just a little bit positive, but it's never, you know, it's it's nice. It's kind of rewarding to do something that somehow is uh, a bit useful.
0: For sure. Yeah, for sure. And on the other hand, What do you think... What is hard about being a professional musician?
1: Um, I guess it depends from one person to another person. Um, I I mean, as musician, me, as a guitarist, not composer, I feel very protected by the piece I play. Which means that... um, uh, if I were a composer, I have the feeling that I would be terrified. As an interpreter, like a comedian in theater doesn't write his own play, uh, I think, uh, I think it's kind of not so difficult. Uh, the, the thing which is difficult a little bit is to make clear, is to not have a total confusion between your professional life and, and personal life because you, you can decide to don't practice, to don't work, but it's not very clear. In a lot of jobs, Uh it's very clear. You finish your job and after that, it's finished at some point. Even when the job, you have to work a lot. I mean, even when you have to work like, uh, I mean, most of the job, you have to work 40 hours per week. So it's a lot. You have like four weeks, five weeks in front of holidays. Uh But... uh during this time at least you know you don't have to think On, when you do a, a something artistic like playing uh, playing guitar but anything artistic it's never very clear so you can have the feeling uh, to be really free in your time but at the same time you, you spend a lot of time doing your own uh, art thing
0: mm. and you're consistently at least slightly overwhelmed by all the things you think you should also be doing yeah (laughs) yeah yeah that's true i think that's a big problem Yeah, but i mean it's the part of the part of the profession what would your advice be for young aspiring classical guitarists who nowadays want to establish themselves on the international concert scene
1: oh it's it's difficult to really give a, 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 a super you know precise advice um the thing is usually what people ask ask me the most when they are not... I mean, what people ask me would be how to make a career, <laughs> very basically. And uh, to that, I don't really know what kind of advice I can give because, uh, first, things have changed a lot with the internet and I'm not very competent for that. And second, um, I don't really see any rules. You know, I am on the, on the career or on the business for many years now, and I don't really know. And sometimes, let's say that the quality needed to make a career could be the opposite quality that you need to be a musician. I mean, it's not the same quality. So some people have both. And, uh, you know, for example, we say for democracy, uh for democratic system in France, but it's the same in all the countries that the quality to gain the election are kind of the opposite quality of to run a country. Basically, to gain an election you have to say what people want to hear, and to run the country, you don't have to do necessarily what people want you to do. Uh so exactly. and the problem is the the people in power are usually the people who want the election. So <laughs> So it's kind of tricky, but uh, ironic. Maybe, yeah. And, and there can be this kind of contradiction about the, the carrier, uh, really. So I, I, I would say, let's say now I never thought about this answer so clearly. Let's try to make those two type of quality fitting together. Basically, uh, you need to, to try to do what it takes to make a career without losing your musical personality your development, personal development and uh, it's difficult to do both. so if you feel in peace with those two things, that's fine I mean, if you just pursue your own uh, personal uh, way of seeking the music and you are alone, it's it's okay if you feel happy with that it's totally respectable and super nice. But if you start to feel frustrated thinking that the others are wrong and you're right, it's not very good. And if you just try to make a career without thinking about the, the ethic and the quality, you will do what are doing some people like Andre Rieu, whatever, you know. Uh, so, yes.
0: Yeah. Okay. To conclude this interview, here's a few questions by the Guitar by Masters podcast listeners. First one. What are the advantages of playing with such long fingernails?
1: Uh, I, don't, I don't think there is some specific advantage. Uh, it just came like this. I used to not play with so long nails and when I changed my guitar, when I start to play with small man, I just changed at the beginning uh, is because at this time I wasn't doing a lot of concerts so I wasn't taking care so much to my nails of my nails and finally I really f- start to feel very comfortable with that I have very strong nails also when you have soft nails even if they don't break I think it doesn't work because the sound can be very pretty bad and I play still I play with a lot of skin because I play mostly like this uh, I turn my hand so, the advantage I don't know uh, the advantage is uh I don't know actually i, I my my students they don't play with long nails like me. Mm. but you also
0: play more tirando than apoyando anyways, yeah,
1: right? sure. Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. That also makes sense. Because yeah. tirando I mean apoyando is a bit yeah, more complicated. If I have to play, to play
1: a, a piece with a lot of uh, scales like I just make them shorter. To be honest, I don't it doesn't really affect a lot of things how long they are for me. I'm just used with that, but I can play with much shorter nails. It doesn't uh, it's not very it okay, doesn't I really see. matter. Okay, thank you. Why do you use two footstools while playing? Uh, I would say as a joke because I have two legs. Uh, but uh, uh, actually, you see, uh, just behind me there is the sofa where I practice, and I practice on that, and it's very low. And uh, so I put my foot, both foot on the on the floor, and uh, and yes, so I'm kind of used to play like that. So in concert, I try to to keep as much as the same when I am at home. Also, I'm not very tall, so uh, I mean, I've seen time to time uh, some people who are much taller than me doing this, which is probably a little bit weird, I think, but uh, yeah.
0: So basically, chairs are usually too high in concert venues.
1: Yeah, for me, yes, regarding, but also uh, 10, 15 years ago, I was exactly the same size than now, and I was playing with just one foot stool, so it's not totally linked with my size. I mean, I, I, I will lose size, but I'm too young for that. You know, okay. <laughs> you need to I be older right. to, to get shorter. <laughs> so of now course. I guess I, something changed.
0: Okay. Do you have any tips on overcoming stage fright?
1: Oof. Uh, stage fright, it's very, very difficult. I mean, even when you know the person, it's probably the most delicate stuff the most difficult thing to help as a teacher because of course I'm competent uh, probably for guitar but for more C program, it's a little bit more difficult but when you don't know the person, it's very difficult. I mean, the only advices I could give about stage fright would be very uh, classic stuff, be prepared, try to play in front of others but everybody knows that or try to be positive of these kind of things but uh, uh, I I I mean, this is not really. Uh, I mean, I'm sure if you go on the street and you ask somebody who has no idea about what he's playing guitar on on concert, and you ask this question, he will tell you something like this. You know, so everybody knows that. So, the real question is to you can start to help a little bit a person when you know him, uh, when you really know him, but. Let's say that if you play often in front of an audience, in front of friends, it helps. But everybody knows that, I guess.
0: Yeah, but yeah, that makes that makes perfect sense. Thank you so much, Judi-Kael. I really My enjoyed pleasure. our conversation and I'm sure our listeners have as well. Thank you for listening. You can find many performance videos as well as interactive tutorials by judi on guitarbymasters.com, as well as hundreds of other videos and tutorials that will help you bring your guitar playing to the next level. I hope you join me in our next episode and in the meantime, have a lovely week.
1: Thank you.